0: Stop! What?
1: This is your life, and it's ending one minute at a time.
0: Of all the clichés surrounding movies, and there are many, the one that irritates me the most is that a film based on a book can never be as good as the source material. From that reasoning, Jonathan Demme should never have gone near The Silence of the Lambs. The Coen brothers desecrated No Country for Old Men. And Frank Darabont should have left Rita Hayworth and The Shawshank Redemption up on Stephen King's shelf. And that is not to mention utter failures such as Train Spotting, Psycho, The Maltese Falcon, The Wizard of Oz, The Grapes of Wrath, Brokeback Mountain, The Last of the Mohicans, Goodfellas and Jaws. To which I say,
1: I am Jack's complete lack of surprise.
0: Another claim people stake is that only good adaptations can come from bad books. Which I suppose would account for Apocalypse Now The English Patient, L.A. Confidential, The End of the Affair, Atonement, and To Kill a Mockingbird. And that is not to mention the novels of which it was said were unfilmable. The Lord of the Rings, Blade Runner, Where the Wild Things Are, The Life of Pi, The Unbearable Lightness of Being, The Butcher Boy, and The Diving Bell and the Butterfly. All of which leads me to Fight Club. When David Fincher was first asked to turn Chuck Palahniuk's searing...
1: back up let me start earlier.
0: Fight Club was born out of a troubling event that happened to the novels author Chuck Palahniuk. Away camping for the weekend some nearby campers were playing music very loudly. When Palahniuk asked him to turn it down they beat him up but here's what's interesting that was not the incident that troubled Palahniuk. What troubled him was that when he returned to work on the Monday none of his co-workers mentioned nor even acknowledged the injuries he had clearly sustained. He deduced that their reactions were a result of their anxiety to engage with a difficult situation. It's called social blocking. Instead of confronting a painful situation, some people choose to ignore it and pretend it's not there. Hey, come on. I'm in
1: pain. You want to see pain? Swing by First Methodist Tuesday nights. See
0: the guys with testicular cancer. That's pain. And since we're talking about difficult situations, let's openly admit some other things about Palinuk that people may find difficult. His grandfather murdered his grandmother and then his grandfather turned the gun on himself. As if that were not traumatic enough, when Chuck was still a teenager, his parents separated. His father started in a new relationship, but when the ex-boyfriend of his new girlfriend found out, the ex-boyfriend turned homicidal and murdered both Chuck's father and his new girlfriend. Added to that, Palinuk's mother later succumbed to cancer. So it should be self-evident that Palinuk started writing Fight Club with a very clear intention. Yet, while many people think he was writing a social critique, examining such issues as masculinity patriarchy violence the feminization of men advertising consumerism fascism you know the sort of things that get in the way of living a happy life well Halinuk wasn't really writing about that what he was really writing about was the need to emotionally connect with another human being i want you to do
1: me a favor yeah sure i want you to hit me as hard as you can what
0: I want you to hit me as hard as you can.
1: Let me tell you a little bit about Tyler Durden.
0: Fight Club is about a man who is so lonely in life that he is alienated even from himself. So alienated is he that he invents an alter ego in order to achieve, well, something, anything he certainly is not fulfilled at work. I need you out of town a little more this
1: week. we got some red flags to cover. It must have been Tuesday. He was wearing his cornflower blue tie. You want me to deprioritize my current reports yeah. until you advise him a status upgrade?
0: Make these your primary action items. Here's your flight coupons. Call me from the road if there's any snags. He was
1: full of pep. Must have had his grande latte enema.
0: With its lengthy internal monologues, you would be tempted to think that Palinuk's book would have been unfilmable. So just how did David Fincher end up making such a brilliant film? The answer is as simple and as complex as this. He encouraged screenwriter Jim Ole's to make sure he did not so much adapt the novel as write a screenplay. Here is Ulls himself. Well, any novel has the advantage of being able to to describe both external behavior and internal behavior, as well as any exposition that can be ladled on. Screenplays don't have that luxury at all. It's watching external behavior. So even if you're faithful to a novel, and a scene feels like it's faithful to a novel, if it works on screen, you have made changes to it because you are not using an internal narrative to uh, describe the interior process. Fincher and Ulls made sure that the film did not remain chained to the words in Palinuk's book. Where the novel verbalised, the film visualised. Yes, there is a lot of voiceover, but if you're paying attention, everything the narrator says is distanced from what we are seeing because what he is telling us is not really happening. In other words, we are seeing one thing and hearing something else. So the voiceover was put in place to mislead us. The proof of this is that the novel has a narrator who, by the very nature of being narrator, is able to internalize a lot of the story. He tells us his thoughts. But a film doesn't function that way, it can't internalize, it has to externalize. No film can ever really get inside anything. It can only simulate it. Why? Because the camera is always outside of the event looking in. Even when the camera is put in the point of view of the character, in other words showing the event as they see it, you are still the viewer looking in. Don't believe me? Look at the film's opening credits where, even before a thing has happened, before a word has been spoken, the camera pulls out of the narrator's head. And in that way, Fincher and Oolz sought and found visual correlatives to serve as the connective tissue for the film's ideas.
1: Soap. Sorry? I make and I sell soap.
0: The yardstick of civilization. And the central idea of Fight Club is about a man who is so isolated from himself that he dreams of being someone else. And because this is the late 1990s, and because he's a 20-something white-collar male, working a spiritually corrosive job, of all the people in the world, who would he want to be? Brad Pitt. But here's the irony. Brad Pitt was not the person the studio wanted. No, their first choice for Tyler Durden was Russell Crowe. And who did they want for the narrator? Sean Penn or Matt Damon? Now, we can't say that any of them would have been right or wrong for the roles. All that we can say with any degree of certainty is that they would have been different. And that is my main point about films adapted from novels. One is never better than the other. They are simply different. And so long as they are true to their own forms, that a novel is literary and that a film is cinematic, both stand a very good chance in succeeding in their own arenas. Hey, man,
1: what are you reading? Listen to this. It's an article written by an organ in the first person. I am Jack's medulla oblongata. Without me, Jack cannot regulate his heart rate, blood pressure or breathing. There's a whole series of these. I am Jill's nipples. I am Jack's colon. Yeah. <laughs> I get cancer. I kill Jack.
0: OK, back to the idea of loneliness and the need to connect. As it stands, we live in a culture that places an inordinate value on the material. Your apartment, furniture, car, moisturizer. You know what a devet
1: is? Comfort. It's a blanket. Just a blanket. Now why do guys like you and I know what a devet is? Is this essential to our survival in the hunter-gatherer sense of the word? No. What are we then? The consumers. Right are consumers. We are byproducts of a lifestyle obsession. Murder, crime, poverty, these things don't concern me. What concerns me are celebrity magazines, television with 500 channels.
0: And however bad as that may have been back in 1999, they didn't have to contend with shows such as Keeping Up With The Kardashians. Now, perhaps more than ever in the history of civilization, our sense of self is increasingly dependent on having more than someone else. If not more money, then more Facebook friends, more likes, and more Twitter followers. And how about this for a crazy idea? How about there being two of me? And if I can get two of me, I want to make sure that the other is a better version of me. Like Bruce Wayne and Batman, Peter Parker and Spider-Man, me and Brad Pitt.
1: Man, I see in Fight Club the strongest and smartest men who've ever lived. I see all this potential, and I see a squandered. God damn it, an entire generation pumping gas, waiting tables, slaves with white collars. Advertising has us chasing cars and clothes, working jobs we hate so we can buy shit we don't need. the middle children of history man no purpose of place we have no great war no great depression our great war is a spiritual war our great depression is our
0: lives but consider this who does brad pitt want to be and that's what i think fight club is really about sure people can bang on about how far ahead of its time it was how the finale visualized the financial collapse of 2008. How, in 1999, it anticipated the Occupy Wall Street movement. Back then, 1% meant something else entirely. But all that is just a contemporary manifestation of an age-old malady. I mean, as far back as 1926, when Ernest Hemingway published The Sun Also Rises, he was eulogizing the generation who had fought in and lived through World War one. So traumatic was their survival that Hemingway called them the lost generation. And they were asking questions that echoed down through the years. Who am I? What is my purpose? How can I connect? Fight Club taps into that and that not only made it a product of its age, but also made it a classic for the ages.